trouble with intimacy But people often die when they get close to me I'm kicking and punching Despite everyone's wishes that Vince goes solo, we are back. <laughs> yeah, it is right. the DC3 Clee, Batman and Robin Eternal Podcast, episode number 22. This week we are focusing on Batman and Robin Eternal number 22, which was scripted by Genevieve Valentine and illustrated by Fernando Blanco. Just be warned, there are spoilers within here. So uh, before we start, good to have you guys, good to have us back together. <laughs> yes, it is good. Reunited, yeah. and it feels so good. Peaches and herb, baby. <laughs> okay, here we go. So uh, the book begins in the Arctic Circle, what is oddly described as no one's country. And uh, we see Mother, uh, you know, um, talking to her children. She says that Mother is coming. Then we see... Um, a plane flown by uh, the orphan himself and with um, Poppy, the suddenly blonde again Poppy, uh, <laughs> riding shotgun. And we have Harper and Cass in the back of the plane. And um, we have uh, Cass is trying to talk to Harper a little bit, but Harper is, is saying that, you know, she knows she's sorry, but she kind of can't forgive her. And they're. Uh, you know, she's she's kind of running down the reasons why she misses her mom. It's you know, it's a relatively effective scene of why she's so sad. But um, you know, that it, it carries on a bit. I think we got the point a couple pages before it actually ends. And that's me editorializing instead of summarizing. So I'll, I'll keep going here. Uh, you then you we forgot go how this works. How what works? What? How my how, how is summary supposed to go? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Okay. Or the book just taking too long to do things. <laughs> no, how our podcast works. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was well. a joke about how I did this alone last week. I know, I know, I know. Okay, so anyway, we get back to the four Robins who are sitting there arguing, and essentially the uh, the three non-biological sons of Batman are being a bit emo, and they're saying, nothing's going to work, we're not going to be able to do this. Until uh, Damien literally slaps Dick across the face and um, essentially tells them a, uh, a a bedtime story about Batman explaining to Damien what Robin is supposed to be. And he kind of talks about how each of the Robins has had this really interesting, really different approach to fighting crime and how he kind of sees himself as I don't want to say a flawed hero, but he's he sees the Robins as being able to be better than he is. And uh Damien relays all of this to the other three Robins, and all three of them seem to use uh you know to use this as inspiration and they decide that they are indeed going to try and stop Mother. We go back to Mother, we see Orphan arrive with his two ladies in chains and um he uh, he's apologizing. He knows he's failed mother, and mother accepts his apology and then slits his throat. And uh, as he is bleeding out, she goes over to uh, to Cass and to Harper 
and pulls out a number of soldiers and basically says that uh, if you can survive this, maybe you'll have a, a place in, you know, in my cadre or whatever. And then we see the, uh, it looks like the satellites all go off in space and Mother is now in control of, we can't tell if it's just all young people or everybody in the world right now. And that is where the issue wraps up. Uh, did I miss anything, guys? Nope. Good job, nope. Brian. Yep, you got it. So what did you guys think of this issue? Uh, well, I I was a, I was a huge fan of the uh, stuff about Batman and Robin and each of the Robins' um, unique roles. Like, I think that's something that this series has done pretty well from time to time. And personally, I can't get enough of that. Like, I could I could read about stories comparing all the different Robins, like, until the end of time. So that's that part was really interesting to me. Um, the rest of the issue was pretty rote as far as um, the plot for this particular story has been concerned, I think. I agree. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. I do think that the reaction that the Robins have after hearing Damien's story is like the corniest possible reaction <laughs> they can have. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to find, okay, here, here's what, um, I, what Jason says, like, See, I'd feel so guilty if we didn't try to save the world after that. Bruce met Bruce's methods really work. Like it's so <laughs> hokey. It's just really well, Did you did you guys feel like Dick was uncharacteristically down before, prior to the speech? Like he was just not having it at all. He was just pessimistic to the max. Yeah, which is really unlike him. Right. And I mean, I guess he has been through a lot in this series, um, but yeah, it, it didn't quite feel like him. I would have expected maybe like Jason to take that tact a little bit more, or even Tim. I'd I'd say yeah, yeah. But I the like the hokiness of it kind of worked for me because like that's kind of what I've wanted. Like, I, I, I kind of want to harken back to those, like, hokier early Robin stories. Like, I, I kind of like, maybe maybe Jason's not the right one to do it, but I kind of like the, like, gee willikers, we need to pull together. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, this, this I, I don't disagree been, with, this I don't disagree with that so necessarily. Dark. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I do love the, the, Grayson, shut up! Panel where <laughs> Damien slaps him yeah. across the face. I think that's maybe my favorite panel. Yeah, I agree. That, that that's that's quite the panel. Um, I actually thought that uh, Fernando Blanco does a really nice job with his Batman scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, those are the strongest strongest uh, pages in the issue, or the Batman and Robin pages. Yeah, I agree. That does it. Does look really good. There was also a really great. It was the end of the um, Harper and Cass scene where you can... On the airplane? Yeah. Towards the beginning of the issue? Right, yeah. And you Mm -hmm. can see, like, Cass's face sort of 
over, like laid over the yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I really like that page. The whole page too. too, like the conversation at the top that's sort of cut by the panel, the two panels, and then everything below that. It just it, yeah. I thought that page was particularly striking. Yeah, I agree. That was a really good page. Yeah. I, I do um, feel like Blanco has evolved a lot. Just thinking back to his work on the first Batman Eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like his stuff here. There, there are a few times that the... I won't say that the faces look off. There's something about them. My one thing is about one face in particular. Okay. So I'll, I'll hold off on that for now. Okay. But what I was going to say is I, I feel like he's a... Um, He's a really good storyteller, and he's probably a better storyteller than he is a draftsman. Mm-hmm. You know, I think his panel layout and the way he frames scenes are really good, but I don't think that necessarily every every face or every every character looks as consistent as maybe other folks would draw them. Yeah, um, can... that's not necessarily a knock on him. It's just you know, it's a difference between him and and some of the other artists we've had on the book so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know what I think. What do you think? I kind of find it hard to believe that the same artist did the Harper cast stuff, as was the one that did the, the all the Robins standing around. Mm. Like to me, they actually look completely different. So I, I mean, I could be way off there, but I almost feel like it's not the same artist, even though it's not credited that way. Right. There, there are certain similarities, but I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a, if that's a, um, if that belongs in the plus column, or the minus column. Is it good that he can adapt his style so much, scene to scene, or is it bad that he's so inconsistent that you can't see continuity from page to page? I don't know. I mean, I, overall, I thought it was good work, so I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know. But I, it just struck me that like. I was really impressed by those early scenes, and then, anyway, yeah. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, going to this this last panel in the issue, do you think that Mother has gained control over just the young people, or is that Times Square? Is that supposed to be everybody looking up? It's only young people in Times Square, <laughs> for whatever reason. That would never be true because all the old boring tourists would have to be there. Ah, uh, there's um, a Carly Rae Jepsen concert going on right now in that scene, and uh, it's only young people. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Vince, I, this is totally unrelated. I was thinking about it the other day. I was with my friend who's, whose name is Vinny, so you guys share the same name. Vinny. And he showed me a pic- He showed me a picture of him and Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, so there you go. oh. Yeah. I'm jelly. I know. I know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do, do you guys think that, that's, that the implication is that Mother has expanded her purview to all people? Or is this supposed to be just just young people still? I don't know. Because some of them look a bit older than, you know, some of them look Jason and Dick's age. Yeah, Kim Jong Il on the bottom left of that panel <laughs> certainly doesn't look a young person. Uh, you're right. 
Yeah. He was also like a little kid in a Michael Jackson jacket, <laughs> like two people away from him looking straight up. So, <laughs> who else do we know. have in this crowd? Well, let's see. Uh, there's a, there's some douchebag in a fedora. <laughs> um, there's a girl there's, in a Charlie Brown who's, shirt. Who's the girl? Yeah, is that the the one in the little next to the girl in a in a police officer a sexy police officer Halloween costume I see this yeah uh, oh I see the okay I see the police officer yeah sexy police officer <laughs> uh, there is uh, the, the girl in the foreground in the far right has uh, some face tattoos some face piercings yeah yeah uh, Yeah, great radio, guys. <laughs> What's that? I think this is great, great radio. radio yeah. At this point, there's yeah, uh, there's a guy that's covering his face as if he knows that somebody drew him in a panel, <laughs> and he's trying to cover it up. Oh, guys, stop it! I'm shy. <laughs> uh, man. All right. I wonder. Yeah. Dad, what's your one thing? Uh, my one thing is now, granted, I, I usually, when I we usually record, I usually have my stack of Batman and Robin Eternals next to me so I can reference them. I don't have that today. So maybe you guys remember something I don't remember. Um, is it just me or does Dick look like Popeye throughout this whole issue with his like, <laughs> one eye shut? Was he punched in the face and I don't remember it? I mean, it happened before Damien slaps him across the mouth. <sighs> Yeah, he's. Uh... I don't know. Like there, 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 there's one page in particular. I guess it's right after uh, Damien gives the speech, and it's like you see two shots of Dick in the same page, and both of them he has. It looks like he's giving a really obvious wink to the camera. <laughs> you know, his one eye looks like swollen shut. But I don't remember. I don't know if that's just like an artistic choice or if I missed something last issue. I mean, I he remember. probably could have gotten like punched in the face during the fight or something. I don't just know. Just seems like a weird choice to continue with. Yeah. Well, like, how... superhero comics don't typically show all the bruises, or everybody will be totally bruised all the time. How, mm-hmm. how else are we going to understand that they just don't think they can do it, Brian? That's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. Oh, wow. Oh, that's eerie. Yeah. yeah. Cut it out. Fuller House on yeah. Netflix this week. <laughs> he did a Popeye, didn't he? That, that, I, I, I am sure Dave Coulier has done a Popeye. Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, so that's my one thing that uh, we see Dick like eat some spinach and uh, power up. Um, Johnny back pain. What do you? Uh, what's your one thing? <laughs> um, well, my one thing is that <laughs> it's another face. <laughs> it's it's Damien when he says, "So you really don't know." And he's got this, like, <laughs> huge, like, grimace on his face, but he's, like, opening his mouth, talking, too, you know? And to me, that looked like the artist was trying to draw 
trying to very much draw Gleason's Damien, you know? Yes. Because Gleason has the very rounded, you know, he draws everybody very rounded and big and bold, you know? And to me, that I was like, okay, he's going for Gleason there. Um, and I guess I don't have anything better than that to say, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that's just, it struck to me, it's struck me as that as I was reading it. So. Can I add a, a 1A thing? Sure. Okay, look at the panel, not where he says you really don't know, the one right above that where he says so. Uh-huh. And look at Tim's costume. I mean, not Tim's costume, I'm sorry, uh, Jason's costume. <laughs> Is there a certain area accentuated there? <laughs> the dick Wait, and which, balls, you which mean? panel? Oh, on Jason, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see it. It's really, really unusual. Yeah. I don't know why why the, the the bat books in particular in the new fifty two are obsessed with everybody's uh everybody having their abs drawn on drawn on them. It's cause they're the these are the, the sexy boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sexy boy, what's your one thing? I don't know if I have a one thing for this issue, but since I wasn't on last week and didn't get to talk about those. I was catching up, and in the mother origin story, I thought that mother, young mother, looked a lot like Taylor Swift, <laughs> and can just—I don't know. When I thought that, it just all like clicked together, and I could totally see like that being Taylor Swift's reaction to like seeing her parents killed. Oh my and god! Can that... you see it? Her well, you know she's got no, that. No. She, she would shake it off. Come oh, on, Jesus! No, I think she would. I think she'd bad blood. <laughs> so she's got that. You know, she's got the squad, right? Like Taylor Swift's squad. That's true. Yeah. That's mother's children. Yeah. This is happening. It's happening in real life. Zach, you're on to something. So, that's what I. That's what I think. Oh man. Taylor Swift in the DC universe is is mother. Okay, I can buy that. There's a Kanye West tie-in someplace here, but <laughs> let's uh, let's quit while we're ahead. Um, I, I just want to reference one thing we talked about for a second uh, off air, which is I I was joking getting getting us started, and I said uh, now we're gonna get to the eternity that is Batman and Robin, and you both kind of like said like yep. <laughs> is it just me or, or or is this this are we in a, another lull in the series right now? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I, I think mean, I think it's been that way ever since. Like, well, this is just, you know, Zach said this a few weeks back, which is that like, now all it is 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 this humongous fight that you just knew was coming. So we just kind of have to wait for it to play out, you know. I guess so. Yeah, and um, this is only the second or third issue. The Genevieve Valentine is scripted, I believe, mm-hmm. and it doesn't do her any favors. Not not that there's bad stuff in here. It's just it's. I felt like with Batman Eternal, there was more of a sense of writers having their own little corner of the story to play with, and so you got a real sense for like what Ray Fox was doing, or what Tim Seeley was doing, or what you know James Tynan was doing. Whereas here, I feel like 
you get maybe little hints of things, especially with some people like I think that people who have the stronger voices, someone like Tim Seeley or Steve Orlando, their issues seem more like them. But there's there's very little of this issue to me that screams Genevieve Valentine. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree. I can't wait All to right. see what she does in Rebirth, if anything, because I think it's going to be something big. Yeah. Because I, I loved her Catwoman. I mean, loved it. Yeah, that's that's one of the best books of the New 52, I think. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman itself, probably one of the books that changed tones the most throughout the New 52. Mm-hmm. Seems like every six issues there was a new <laughs> a new take on the character. But yep. alas, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. We're going to do a whole bunch of New 52 stuff once Batman and Robin Eternal. No, not up. New 52 stuff. Not New 52 <laughs> No, we're 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 gonna look back at the new fifty two. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you just slip of tongue and we're talking about no. meant rebirth. Okay, gotcha. Let's put it this way: if four and a half years from now, I have the same feeling for rebirth that I have for the new fifty two, I think it's just time to quit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll never quit, you guys, our fair listeners. <laughs> and uh, if our fair listeners wanted to find us on Twitter. They could find me at Brian Needs an App. Oh, uh, they, they can. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you go. <laughs> they can find me at VJ underscore O S T R O W S K I, and I'll be tripping over Zach. <laughs> and I am at SirFox89. And all three of us are at Multiversity Comics doing all sorts of fun stuff day in, day out. So until next time. It'll only feel like an eternity. Good night, I don't folks. get Grayson at the moment.